Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway, don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going, even for the drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with Rich B, the best caddy on the planet. And Rich, lots of news going on in the golf world. It must be slow. Slow news week, uh, but... Slow news week, come on. Slow golf week, lots of news off the course. Yes. This is off the course news here stuff. Sergio holding a press conference this morning. Um, we're going to be talking to Bob Herrig from ESPN.com shortly. And uh, your take on the whole Sergio comment of yesterday at the European Volvo he's, dinner. You know, I don't know who he talked to or where this came from, but uh, he's backpedaling, trying to save himself. You know, these are adult men uh, playing uh, a, a golf game uh, when it all comes down to it. Where are their, you know, where's Sergio's head? He just can't help himself. He has to, you know, keep putting his foot in it. Uh, not a good move on Sergio's part. Is Sergio back away? You know, back in the day, they wouldn't have had this problem. There would have been no problem. You know, the, they didn't talk about or talk, you know, with each other like that. I just think it's r- ridiculous on Sergio's part. Terrible, terrible thing. Well, if you, for our listeners who maybe have not Heard what happened at uh, the European Tour event, the dinner last evening, just outside London. Uh, Steve Sands, actually from the Golf Channel, who was emceeing the event, uh, jokingly asked Sergio a question about getting together with Woods at the U.S. Open. And Sergio replied, we'll have him round every night. We'll serve fried chicken, which was uh, associated clearly with a racial stereotype and uh, given the history with um, Fuzzy Zeller at the 97 Masters, of course, uh, uh, a big uproar has ensued. And we'll be uh, talking to Bob, who was at the press conference, or I should say saw the press conference shortly. Meanwhile, Rich B., also the verdict came down on the anchoring of the belly putter, and being a guy of the senior persuasion and still competing, your thoughts on this by the USGA? Uh, once again, the uh, USGA has managed to uh, you know, go back on a, on, a, on a decision that they've made earlier in you know uh, you know years back. They they okayed play, you know, by anchoring the putter. They okayed the uh, the pole putter. Um, but now they want to take it away. This is this is the hard part. Now the you know when, once they start to uh, go backwards, uh, you're going to start to uh, get uh, players upset. Now, uh, Holly, hey, listen, 
they have bigger issues. I mean, that ball, the ball and the driver now uh, combined between the two of them, this thing is uh, ballistic. You know, I mean, you can send that ball 300, 400 yards. You know, I mean, if you're on a par four on the green and you can hit it 400 yards, you know, well, uh, you might hit somebody up there. Uh, you gotta wait for them to get off the green. Well, you teed that one up very nicely for me because I have been out at the Reunion Resort for the last three days at the International Network of Golf Conference, which brings together, uh, media from across the country and golf industry decision makers and influencers, as we like to call them. Uh, three day conference, including a lot of, uh, great discussion and, uh, uh, panel discussion groups along with we got to test out a lot of new products in a demo day. Um, and Rich B, I had the chance to play with the ball, the ball guru from Bridgestone, and he fitted me for my golf ball. First time I think I've ever been fitted for my golf ball. And yours truly drove a par four. 260 yards. That's a short hole. <laughs> no, Match that's a, that, dude. Whoa. Match that. Had Just missed the putt for Eagle, and I had three witnesses, don't you know? That's awesome. You know, uh, what, but talk what, about smash factor. What was it, the E70 or E7? or you know, They have several selections of ball. This is Bridgestone ball that you can choose from, so... Hey, this was nice. Freddy's. This is Boom Boom, so you know. Oh, please. There's a big connection there. But, uh, you know, again, what he was explaining to me <laughs> and being in the business and, um, you know, we get a chance to test a lot of products. But I think the whole golf ball category has gotten very confusing, even for those of us that get to test them and marketing whizzes who supposedly should be able to figure all these things out. But it really was the first time that, you know, that I had a chance to play some different balls, which we did, you know, out while we were on the course. And what he was talking about is there's not only swing speed, it's also about the smash factor. In other words, how consistently you hit the club face in the center of the club. So for, you know, people that need something that, you know, they spray it more, hook it, slice it. And in my case, I tend to hit a very straight ball. So he put me in a very low spin and the trajectory I was hitting it all day, about, honestly, 20, 25 yards further. And you're a big believer now. I'm a believer. You're drinking the I've water. I've been converted. You drank the water. I did. Wow, that's awesome. Send me those you. boom booms. <laughs> Bridgestone, yeah. great golf ball. So we had a lot of different companies out there in uh, TaylorMade Golf, Callaway, Bridgestone, as I mentioned. Uh, we got to see some new products from Tour Edge. Great conference, Cobra, and uh, Rich B, kind of an interesting product, the Golfalizer. Is this going to be one of those uh, golf bag giveaways? You know, where you get your uh, swag bag uh, and they put one of those in it. They I think it'll probably... be. I think it's going to be one of the best tournament items that's come around for a while. <laughs> this is a analyzer for your blood alcohol content. BAC. Your BAC a personal pocket breathalyzer that golfers can use to monitor this. Hey, you can use that anywhere. Reusable for 800 to 1,000 uses. Wow. Yeah, that might not last you a week. No, that's a, <laughs> that's a good couple years anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of the more unique products there. And um, 
great, great, great property reunion resort. We're going to have Kevin Baker, the director of golf, on in a little bit later in the show to tell us everything that's going on out there at reunion. But uh, three great golf courses, the Watson, Nicholas, and Palmer. You've been out there, Rich B. Yeah, and they've got this uh, great hotel there as well. I mean, it's huge. And up up top, they got the pool on the roof. On the 11th floor. Yes, pretty cool. 11. Cool stuff. Great they view. It. Great view. Uh, but, you know, it was a little 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 wet out there. We had a bit of a storm. But I also uh, got the chance to visit with uh, Frank Thomas, who is the past technical director for the USGA. We're hoping we're going to be able to... Get that interview teed up here to hey, get his and, comments uh, on the putters. And uh, the, his, uh, his his office is housed at Reunion as well. The putting pad. Yeah, it's pretty he calls cool. It. And, Very cool. You know, he designed the frog putter, and Frank has uh, really taken on the whole world of putting in a big way. Now has structured uh, a teaching method that he has online for PGA pros. Do you know that even in Ben Hogan's book, The Fundamentals of Golf, he didn't even address putting? Biggest piece of the game, right? 40 to 45% of the game. So Frank has uh, come up with a, a structured way for PGA pros to teach putting, and he offers it online. So really amazing facility he's got out there. That's at uh, Reunion. At Reunion. Everything's happened at Reunion. The Annika right. Academy. North Florida section is now officially moved. Opened the doors uh, at a brand new place over there. Uh, you know their new offices are at Reunion. Uh, and, and congratulations, Rich Smith, for pulling that little uh, deal off. I mean, even if it is a couple of office spaces down the basement. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We've got Bob Herrick from ESPN.com coming up. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 7:40. The game. Stay with us. Lots of golf news coming up. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. Oh, struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G., Along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich B. Got any announcements over there? Yeah, take your time. It's a slow ride home on I-4. And uh, sit back, relax, and uh, we're going to do a little entertaining Let here. Us entertain you. On the fairways of I-4. Slow rolling down the fairways of I-4 this afternoon. So, uh, so much G. breaking news. We're going to go right to our main man, Bob Herrig from ESPN.com, to give us the latest on what's going on with Sergio, the press conference earlier today. Hey, Bob. How's it going? All right. Lots of news breaking this week in the golf world, but, um, you know, Sergio, we love him because he's so honest, authentic, emotional, and then we cringe when he says some of the things he says. (laughs) I think you said it pretty well. I mean, uh... Um, while not everybody might agree with what he, he said earlier uh, in the last couple of weeks, they at least appreciate his honesty. Uh, but obviously, uh, he, he crossed the line there at the uh, at the banquet in London last night, and uh, 
you know, it's just unfortunate. I mean, it's hard to not take that as uh, anything but a knock at Tiger when they've not gotten along and he's made that very clear, and then you, you choose those words. I mean, it's um, uh, it's uh, very, very unfortunate and, you know, something that might take a little while for him to live down. What was your reaction to the press conference? I mean, he, I, I do. Uh, he seemed, you know, obviously regretful. Uh, he spoke unscripted. You know, this was not a PR statement from, you know, his his insiders. Uh, right. No, I, I think he, he looked like a guy who uh, was um, was was having a hard time with it. That you know, he he realized he had made a mistake and. Uh, um, you know, was in some distress, you know, looked uncomfortable and, and, uh, you know, I think his words suggested that there was remorse, um, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, he, he knew that that, those are hurtful words and whether you like a person or not, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of going beyond that, especially in this day and age. And, uh, when you're a sportsman and all that, I mean, it, uh, he, but, but I do. I I, uh, I I felt that uh, he meant what he said, and uh, that that's the that's the start uh, to to move it on. Now your um, cohort at ESPN, Michael Collins, uh, did a little video piece and kind of put it back in Tiger's court and said, you know, hey, now it's time for Tiger to respond, and you know, can he be gracious enough to uh, forgive Sergio? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's now the next step in this whole thing, which is why you know, the the fact that he even started, you know, people say, why is this a big deal? Well, because now you wonder if there if he's gonna keep him at arm's length or if he's gonna accept the apology. And you know, to be honest with you, I think that would probably be the best thing to do and move on. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, they don't have to be buddies. They don't have to like each other. They don't have to say nice things about each other. Uh, but it's probably not good for anybody to have this hanging out there, a um, you know, a really difficult, uh, uh, you know, something that goes beyond sports, obviously. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see now how Tiger handles this. Uh, you know, as you know, he, he, all he did was tweet today. He had a couple of tweets, three of them. Um, you know, we're not going to see him until next week at the memorial. I'm sure he'll be asked about it. And whatever he says will be another story. So, uh, uh, you know, this isn't over. That's, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's the unfortunate thing about how this whole thing got to this point in the first place. You know, Bob, uh, this is, uh, Sergio's only comeback that he will ever have. He has to invite Tiger out to the tennis, uh, to the tennis grounds and, and just beat him because that's the only place that Sergio's going to be able to beat Tiger is on the tennis, uh, <laughs> yeah, on the tennis grounds. And, and and if as a player, when a guy has my number and he just he has my number week after week, I just you know uh, don't put a microphone in front of my mouth because I'll say what's on my mind. I get where he's coming from, but uh, he's got to find a way to get that off his back. Uh, you know, well, I, I mean I, that's that's I, the crazy thing about this. I mean, just from a golf standpoint, uh, you know, Sergio had no reason to. Uh, to hoot and holler, and he almost makes it out like the reason that he's not been able to beat Tiger is due to all these other things about Tiger's personality, uh, whether they're true or not. I, I just don't get that. I mean, it's 
you know, uh, nobody said they have to be nice to each other on the course. Uh, as long as you are okay in the decorum standpoint, uh, there really shouldn't be any other issues. Uh, you know, it's, you know, sir, you said Tiger's not the nicest guy on tour. Well, so what? You know, I mean, you know, and and here's the other thing. It, I, I found this to be amazing, really, that they've only played 20 rounds together on the PGA Tour. In 13, 14 years, they've only been in the same group for, uh, 20 times, and that's over 13 tournaments. I mean, that's basically one tournament a year they get in the same group. Uh, so they're, they're, that means they're almost never put together in the early rounds, and it's rarely worked out that they've played together on weekends. That's only been, I believe, uh, seven times that they've played together on weekends now. And, uh, you know, so it's not like, it's not like these guys are around each other all the time. Uh, so it's, um, it's kind of hard to see where all this uh, negativity comes from in, in that little amount of togetherness. Well, as you mentioned, I think it was last week that we were trying to decipher when this went bad after the 99 PGA. And, of course, there was that exhibition match under the lights. I believe it was a bighorn, correct? When uh, correct. Sergio seemed to over-celebrate his, his victory. And that seems to have been the beginning. Hey, they're far and few between, so you really got to take advantage of your wins. And I think this has to do a lot with the uh, the Ryder Cup. I mean, that's why he enjoys the Ryder Cup, because he actually has a chance to beat him. You know, as long as Tiger's on the team and he beats him, it's a win. There were, th- that, the Bighorn thing was part of it. Uh, the 2002 U.S. Open at Best Page, where um, Sergio complained uh, about the poor weather and said if Tiger had been playing in the poor weather, they would have stopped. Um, he was insinuating that Tiger gets all the breaks. Um, later that year at the Ryder Cup, Sergio kind of carried on. Uh, his, one, his match had completed in the fairway behind Tiger, and he was sort of, you know, a little over the top with his exuberance. Uh, you know, now to the victor go the spoils. I mean, you know, but, but still, I think there was a couple of incidents like that that got – under Tiger's skin. Now, should he just let him go? Maybe. We could say that he probably should just let it go. Uh, but he's always sort of done his talking on the course, and he's just said, heck with it, I'm going to beat him, and he's beat him, you know. Uh, there's the, um, uh, you know, the 2006 British Open when they were in the same uh, final pairing together. The Tiger wanted Hoylake, and Sergio was dressed in all yellow. Uh, there was the account, I believe it might have been in Hank Haney's book, where Tiger you know, made the kind of the, you know, unflattering comment about beating Tweety Bird, you know, well, that's <laughs> gets out. so, so, you know, you've got, you've, you've got, you've got all these little things at play. Most of them have been kept private. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously this has become very public. I once showed up in an all raspberry outfit and my scramble partners called me Barney. <laughs> but I digress. Yeah. yeah, and that was one of the worst outfits that Taylor Made has ever put on a person was uh, yellow on uh, Sunday. Yeah, that was an awful, awful situation. Speaking of which, I've spent the last couple of days, Bob, um, at the ING conference, which is here in Orlando, and um, the, the PR person for Taylor Made, uh, Dave Cordero. Uh, of course, they issued a statement, Taylor Made saying Sergio's. Sergio Garcia's recent comment was offensive and in no way aligns with Taylor Made Adidas Golf's values and corporate culture. We have spoken with Sergio directly, and he clearly has regret for his statement, and we believe he is sincere. We discussed with Sergio that his comments are clearly out of bounds, and we are continuing to review the matter. 
What do you think, uh, you know, we know uh, for uh, Fuzzy Zeller, this really you know, took his uh, career into uh, a U-turn. What do you think this, yeah. this bodes for Sergio? That situation was a little different, and that thing in that uh, what he said was, was a lot more over the top. I mean, you know, there's. I don't want to say that one thing's okay, certainly uh, not, but, I mean, Fuzzy went beyond just the fried chicken line. You know, we talked about collard greens, whatever the hell they serve. He was trying to make a joke, but it didn't come off well, and that thing festered for a while because the actual footage of what he said didn't come out right away, and then there was a bit of a gap in between when there was an apology and the that thing really grew over the course of a week or so, 10 days. You know, this has all happened in one day. You know, t- uh, Sergio got right on it. He issued a statement last night, apologized this morning, our time. Um, but certainly, you know, the, 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 uh, the endorsers, the, the, the companies that support these guys, they don't want to be, they don't want to look like they're bit with somebody who's got, uh, you know, a bad attitude or, or, um, you know, by all means, racist views. I'm not saying that Sergio does, but that can be construed that way. And they pay him a lot of money. You know, they pay him a lot of money. In fact, you know, Sergio probably makes the majority of his money in endorsements, not on the course. Uh, so, you know, this is huge for him. Uh, it could have been a huge, huge blunder. And, I mean, the fact that they said they're still reviewing the matter is interesting. You know, they, they haven't shut the door on it, and uh, maybe they're waiting to just sort of see where this goes before they do anything. Uh uh, but, um, you know, hopefully everybody's going to be okay from it and can move on. Well, the other big news, of course, is that the USGA uh, did come down in terms of, uh, you know, banning of anchoring. Uh, they had a press conference on Tuesday. And what uh, are you hearing out there in uh, in the world of golf? Well, I mean, now the big question is going to be, Obviously, uh, I think the, the, the world of golf at large is going to is going to survive and be just fine. Uh, you know, the the amateur player who anchors is going to figure out a way to putt normally as long as he doesn't have any back issues. And the majority of the world doesn't anchor. What we're really talking about now is at the is at the elite professional level, specifically the PGA Tour, because the European Tour doesn't have a problem with it. And are they going to, you know, write their own rules to allow players to anchor? That's the big question. Uh, and frankly, it would be, um, it would be stunning if they did that. They've, you know, the, the tours have never written their own rules. They've always gone by the rule book, the USGA here, the RNA, the rest of the world. And, uh, you know, except for a few things that are actually in the decisions, uh, or in the exceptions, which, which are still part of the rules, you know, they, they, they all do it the same. You know, to, to allow anchoring would be quite a departure and, frankly, would, would cause a lot of upheaval. I mean, that means we would have different rules at certain tournaments, and uh, obviously the players who would be switching back and forth would be putting their own games in peril, but still it would be it would continue to be a talking point, uh, whereas I think we can move beyond it if they just let the rule go into place and, and, and ask everybody to conform. I heard this rule. The decision was forty pages long. Well, there. I didn't think engineers ex- could be that verbose. <laughs> yeah, it's actually their their explanation to get to this point was forty pages. I mean, they went in great detail to explain their reasoning and to actually outline some of the 
um, takes on the other side and, I guess, rebut them in, in a sense. I mean, they, they ran through the, the idea that this is going to hurt participation. They explained why they don't think it will. Uh, they ran through why they don't think there needs to be you know, d- data to support it. They explained that they feel like it's, it's more an issue of the stroke and how the stroke should be uh, used. You know, it should be a, a swinging stroke, a free stroke. Uh, they pointed out that, uh, you know, the players that have gone to it have said that it has helped them and that, that there's an inherent, you know, in, in their mind, that's an inherent advantage. Uh, that uh, it takes, you know, by, by uh, being able to anchor a hand to the body makes it easier. It doesn't necessarily mean you make more putts, but it does, you know, there is a, a thought that it makes it easier. So they, they kind of went through all of this in those 40 pages. It was very thorough, and it really showed that they were... Um, strong in their belief that this is the way the game should go. Uh, and, and again, you know, I sympathize with these tour pros who've been doing this for, for you know, forever, and this is what they do for a living. Um, but they don't make the rules for the small, tiny percentage uh, that plays professionally. They make the rules for the entire game, and that's what make, makes golf unique. So, you know, and that's why we're at this point where, the, you know, you're wondering if the PGA Tour is going to go on its own way on this. And and what do you, what what are your thoughts on that? I I just I, I when it's all said and done, I don't think they'll do it. Uh, I think they you know want to defer to the rules making bodies. I think they had hoped that they wouldn't do this, but now that they are, they're going to go along with it and uh, you know tell their guys, look, we tried. But, uh, you know, we play by the rules of golf, and, and uh, there's nothing more we can do. Well, as they say, to be continued. It's uh, <laughs> been an interesting couple of days, Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us because I know you've been a busy guy and uh, been all over ESPN.com. Great reporting. We appreciate you uh, spending some time with the Golf Insiders. Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. You're listening Thank to you. 740 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. It good to just make We're back, the Gulf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. A little wet out there on the fairways. But the fairways at Reunion Resort, where I've been for the last three days, Rich B. Nice. Gorgeous. Very nice. Green. Lush. We playing the Palmer, the Watson, the Nicholas. Played the Watson, played the Palmer. And uh, we've got on the line the man that runs it all out there. The director of golf. You can see his... Profile right there on the homepage of ReunionResort.com. When you click on golf, it's Kevin Baker, head hey. professional. Hey, Kevin. How's it going, everybody? It's going great, my friend. Uh, you have been extraordinary host to our international network of golf conference uh, the past three days. We've had some great golf out there. Facility yeah. just beautiful. Your staff's unbelievable. 
Tell us a little bit about these three great signature design courses you have out there. Nicholas, Watson, and Palmer, you can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, great. You know, some of the best designers out there, Nicholas Palmer and uh, Watson. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll just start off with uh, the Palmer course, you know. You know, and it's sad to say that, you know, when you guys were here, you got rained out. It seemed like these early rains are coming in. Uh, you know, usually it's around uh, mid-June, so they came in early this year. So, but everybody needs the rain. Uh, although a good a good thing about reunion is that we can take as much rain as possible. We've never been car path only due to, to due to wetness. We've actually been car path only due to dryness. Which wow, there's a twist. Here, you know. But anyways, yeah. So you know, Palmer Golf Course. Obviously, you know, I don't I don't have a nice little gem out here. Uh, he uh, you know, hit it. I shouldn't say too straight off the tee, but he was a little wild in his earlier days, and he uh, so so hence the wide fairways we have out here. Good good green complexes. I would say it's more of a resort style course, um, a little bit shorter than the other two. Um, has some has some neat feature holes into our number seven is our signature hole out there and has a has a really neat landing area over water, uh, elevated tee, which is kind of neat. You don't see too much in Florida. And then uh, jumping over to the Watson, uh, if you believe this, the only golf course probably in Florida, top notch caliber, that does not have a, a water hazard on it. All bunkers, all 180. It's got a lot of bunkers, Kevin. A lot of oh, bunkers. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of beach out there. So, uh, yeah, he was, he was really successful in the open championships across the pond there. So maybe he got tired of going across the pond so much and took him out over here at Reunion. But, uh, great, another great golf course. Very, uh, under, a lot of undulations in the fairways. Um, neat, neat green, uh, green complexes as well. Like the whole 15 great park where we actually go up the hill. So, uh, you have to add a couple of clubs for going up the hill, which is, makes it kind of quite interesting. And then, of course, our Nicholas design, it's a little, I'd say it's a little mixture of both. Um, it's, it's our toughest course of, of the three and, uh, it has a little combination of both great green complexes. He rolled back the, these greens a little bit smaller. Um, we couldn't stretch it out at the time when we built the golf course about eight years ago. We, we, uh, we were at about 7,200 and, you know, all the new golf courses coming up, they're adding, or 400 yards over that, so he he, uh, he actually uh, threw, threw back some old old I called old school greens, very small, which is you don't really see that in the new designs these days. Makes it kind of fun. Uh, shoulder holes, the uh, green complexes are a little bit smaller, and you know you think you got an easy 330 yard par par four, but uh, that wedge you really got to dial it in to make to make you know go for birdie and whatnot. But you know the neat thing about the golf courses are you know lots of lots of cool things, but they're all different, so you literally play them one time a piece. You, you automatically remember the Watson course. Well, that was a course, no water, had a lot of bunkers. Palmer, you know, neat, neat features, and the Nicholas is tough as nails out there. So, when the guests come out, they uh, they walk away, definitely having a good time, and they experience all three good golf courses. There's not one that's overrated in that, like the signature one. You know, a lot of these big resorts they have the one course that's the number one that you got to play. Well, here they're all equal. And, uh, so people don't feel like get, you know, they don't get cheated if they didn't play the signature golf course of the resort. They're all the same and just for different calibers of players and whatnot, you know? All right, Kevin. Hey, um, uh, you know, uh, people have seen this, uh, reunion golf course. I mean, if you drive up and down I-4, you can see it. And, uh, people are, you know, for our listeners, Kevin, is, is it available for play, uh, for the public, general public invited, or how does that work if somebody would like to go out to a reunion and play? Well, we, uh, answer your question it's a stay and play resort and we do close to 100 events out here as well 
some events we host, um, golf tournaments events. We, we, we do uh, lots of them with the Golf Channel Amateur Tour Series. Um, but to go back to your original question, the easiest way to play is, is come out here for a little stay, stay and play package getaway. I mean, when you when you combine the, the, the foursome, we'll just base on a foursome and one of these beautiful three-bedroom condos overlooking the golf course, and that the rates down even this time of year, you can get fantastic deals. That you know, I'll call it the old, the old staycation that everybody's been using. Um, you, know, you may live in Orlando, but you know what? How cool is that to, to drive 20 minutes, get off, get off of work Friday afternoon, come out there. It feels like you're in a different area of the world. Play some good golf Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then you're then you're home, home in no time. You know, and uh, it, it's just such a it, you know, it's a great way to to, to get away and. Um, do, do some stay and play packages, but uh, we're, we're 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 that type of resort here. So in other words, you can't just call up and get a, a tea time off the off the streets. But um, you know, look for some tournaments that we host. We host tons of them, and then and then come out here and play. You know, do some stay and play packages with us. Yeah, great great opportunity during the summertime too, when of course uh, locals can take advantage of a great property like this when. You know there aren't as many snowbirds around, even though we know you do a lot of a lot of corporate hospitality. And also, you've got two great teaching facilities out there, Kevin. The Annika Academy, of course, uh, Annika Sorenstam basing her uh, teaching facility there, as well as Frank Thomas uh, yeah. with his putting pad. Yeah, no, two two uh, you know great features here at Reunion. I mean, you know it's. When you got a great golf course and great accommodations, then you look for partnerships. And, you know, our partnership with various female golfer pretty much in the modern era here, what, you know, what, what, what a great uh, opportunity that is for us. And they have different packages from elite junior programs all the way up to the full-blown packages with Annika. And she actually comes out and works with you and pieces with you and plays golf with you. And, you know, what, what not better way of playing golf with the best female golfer to this day. Um, Absolutely. And... You know, and you're celebrating your 10th anniversary out there, is that correct? Yeah, 10 years. Yeah, I've been here since, uh, I guess, when it was Orange Grove. So, uh, yeah, it was a couple a week ago. I've Congratulations. Been 10 years, yeah. That's a, thank you, thank you. That's an eternity in, in the, in the PGA oh, uh, world, right? Yeah, I know. It's, it's weird when you look back on your, some people's careers. Yeah, to, to be at one place for 10 years, I'm very, very blessed and, uh, you know, Another ten years, one mind another ten years, and keep keep the fun going, you know. All right, well, you do a great job out there, Amen. Kevin. And the home of the North Florida PGA, uh, well done there, Kevin. That's kudos to uh, you and uh, Rich Smith getting that little deal done. Yeah, no, that was that's an awesome partnership. I mean, the, for what he's going to bring here in the North Florida section, and it's it's going to be just a fun ride for that. And, and it's all about growing the game. It's, you know, our whole initiative from Sheila Johnson, our uh, you know founder of Salamander Resorts. I mean. Her passion is, you know, she sits on the USGA board. She sits on Annika's board. Um, you know, she, she's going to push this game and, and allow us the opportunity to do it, which is really cool. And so a lot a lot of neat programs. Uh, just met with some folks during ING that run a fantastic ladies event. Um, I think that's one of our biggest opportunities out there. And I, and I just know that, uh, you know, when the, when the people give you the tools to, to operate well, you can do that. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, Kevin, and we sure do appreciate all the hospitality you've given the International Network of Golf out here for the past three days. Great, great, great uh, staff you have there. Thanks so much for spending some time with us on the Golf Insiders. All right. A lot more coming up. Jeff Shane, 740 The Game.
Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. And we're going to go to our local man who was out at the International Network of Golf Conference, PGATour.com, the one, the only, Jeff Shane on the line. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? We're doing well. How did you like your first ING conference? Let me ask you that. Well, in the world of everything important golf going on this week. <laughs> it, it was a little discombobulated for me because I, of other things that I had to do either for PGATour.com or, or, um, uh, stuff, Oh, you mean uh, you had some breaking news home? that you had some breaking news that got in the way of networking? Isn't that uh, a surprise? We hate Isn't when it the, always that way. We hate when the job gets in the way of you know fun. Yes, absolutely. Well, give absolutely. us a. I, I want to talk about this week's tournament, and um, maybe we can also briefly talk about the fact that Keegan Bradley wasn't able to bring it in the barn on Sunday. No, that, you're you're right. It was uh, it, it was interesting though in that you kind of knew that after setting the course record with uh, with that 60 on the uh, on, on Thursday that it was going to just be hard to follow it up and when you break down his scores yeah I mean he had he was in in the mix right up to the end but after going 10 under par on the first day of the tournament he was one under par the rest of the way <laughs> yeah I was a little surprised weren't you Richby well, you know, the the fun thing was was to see Sang Moon Bay doing a, a fist pump. Did you see that? No. You, you know, uh, I think after playing with Keegan for a few days, uh, yeah, he was uh, starting to do his own little fist pump there. <laughs> well, let's... It was uh, a, a, a demi fist pump. Let's look at this week's Crown Plaza Invitational at Colonial. Of course, back-to-back events here in the Lone Star State. Uh, what's the field look like? And, uh, of course, let's see, we've got Zach Johnson and a few other notables, Ricky Fowler and Hel Cabrera in the field. Yeah, it's a little bit of a watered-down field because all of Europe, Europe's great talent is over on the other side of the pond at the uh, European Tours version of the players, the BMW PGA Championship. So you got Luke Donald, who's the favorite there, and Justin Rose and – Grand McDowell, Ian Poulter, Ernie Els, all those guys are over there. So uh, it, it does water down the field a little bit. We also have to remember that Memorial is next week, and so uh, a lot of the U.S.-based guys are actually pointing toward that, getting ready for that, taking this week off. So your favorite this week is Charles Schwartzel, who uh, could very well uh, win this tournament. Uh, I believe the count is just eight of the top 30 players in the world uh, playing at Colonial this week. Well, Kevin Streelman's in the in the field, right? And he's been pretty hot. He has been very hot. Uh, uh, he has been, came on uh, strong in the in the in the closing laps at the TPC. 
Yeah, he came on very strong. And co-runner up there, also since his win in Tampa, he's also been third and sixth. He's really my pick to to come out on top this week. I also like Mark Leishman, who has not fallen back since his great performance at the Masters. He was 12th last week at TPC Four Seasons. And um, Martin Laird, another one in, in the field here. Ben Crane, Jim Furyk, as well and, as uh, Hunter Mayhem. Yes, and, and Laird, uh, this is only his third appearance at Colonial, and he's got top tens in his first two. Didn't play last year, was top ten in 2011, top ten in 2010. And if you look at scoring averages over the last four years at Colonial, he's number two behind defending champion Zach Johnson. Well, I think uh, we've got some players here that could make it a very interesting weekend. And um, we've just got a few minutes left, but since you did mention the uh, BMW Championship, uh, as they're coming over to Memorial next week, uh, Tiger and Sergio, how do you think this is going to play out? Uh, I think that they will probably try to avoid each other as much as possible. <laughs> and as they always do. Be... Yeah, and, and it'll be it'll be members of the media that will continue to ask, "Hey, you know, have you have you had a chance to run across Tiger? Have you seen Sergio? Do you?" You mean there's not going to be a kumbaya dual press conference? Come on, Jeff. I'm not. Miracles sure are that, possible. I, I I'm not sure that if one of them said, you know, it kind of started out with kumbaya. I'm not sure the other one would finish with the ya. <laughs> Very true. Well, maybe they can uh, go. Man. Maybe they can go out though and have a a, a, a McDonald's together. <laughs> I, I don't know. Be, be be careful what you talk about ordering though. Sergio got into that hot water last night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but I thought um, I thought uh, 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 Farrell from uh, ESPN, uh, who I know you know, had a had a great little column and and uh, also pointed out that Boo Weekly is a fan of fried chicken. Yeah, that did kind of occur to me too. Has anybody just casually asked Tiger, "Are, are you are you a are you a fan of fried chicken? Are, are you more a grilled chicken guy? Nuggets? What what's your preference?" <laughs> well, so um, moving right along on that one, who's your pick for Sunday? Uh, for for the BMW or or for the Colonial? Well, we'll give you a shot at both before we uh, head right. out of here. I'm going. I'm going with Luke Donald for an unprecedented third in a row at Wentworth because uh, this is a player and course that seems to go hand in glove right now. Even before he won two in a row, he was runner-up uh, three years ago at Wentworth, so it's hard to get away from that. Uh, and as I said before, I think Kevin Streelman uh, is really coming into his own and uh, against the field. Uh, what it is at Colonial, I really like his chances. All right. Good ball striker. All right, Jeff Shane, we'll leave it with you. Uh, PGATour.com, check him out. What's your story this week? Well, the column this week was, uh, again, I'm writing about the Web.com tour, um, just talking about the guy that won the PGA Tour Latino America, Ariel Cañete, and how it's kind of given him a second lease on his career after he had uh, started to run out of starts. Uh, as a member of the European Tour. Well, it has been a busy couple of days in golf. Thank you, Jeff Shane, so much. PGATour.com. Thank you to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. 
and to Kevin Baker, the director of golf out at Reunion, for hosting the International Network of Golf since Sunday at our 23rd conference. Thanks for listening to the Golf Insiders. We'll be back next week.